I identify myself as a Bible-believing, unashamed follower of Jesus Christ. I believe the Bible, I follow Jesus, and I'm not ashamed to say so. The answer is not in the next election. The answer is not in Washington, D.C. The answer to America's problems is in the pulpit and the pews of America's churches. That's what we do here daily on Bob Bernie Live. We listen, we think, and then we look at the Word of God, evaluate it, and develop our worldview from God's point of view. The views and opinions expressed are those of the participants and may not be the views or opinions of the staff, management, or advertisers of WRFD. Isn't it strange how that you take two pieces of material, you can take wood, you can take plastic, you can take anything, and you can put them in any configuration until you put them perpendicular to each other and make a cross. The Word of God. Read it. Obey it. That is the answer to America's problems. Call 1-877-BOB-LIVE. Bob Bernie Live. And welcome to Bob Bernie Live. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. It is a privilege and an honor to be your host, and I am grateful that you are on the other side of the microphone. Thank you for allowing me to be on this side of the microphone. Here is my telephone number, 877-BOB-LIVE, 877-262-5483. A couple of quick program notes at the top of the hour. Senate candidate J.D. Vance will be joining me. Uh, just received the endorsement of former President Donald Trump. Uh, Most thought that President Trump would not endorse a candidate, uh, but he has endorsed J.D. Vance, and uh, J.D. will be uh, joining me live at the top of the hour. Also at the top of the hour... Uh, We will be joining our friends in Washington, D.C. Yesterday, we simulcast the four to five hour. Uh, We are doing the same today. Uh, Well, yes, I know I've got an Ohio Senate candidate, but the Ohio Senate race is of great interest to uh, the entire country. So I think our listeners uh, that will join us at the top of the hour in Washington, D.C., will be interested in what he has to say as well. Uh, so if you have friends, family in Washington, D.C., encourage them to tune in to 105.1 FM. Uh, they can get it over in Baltimore, Alexandria. Uh, that is a very, very powerful station so if you have friends anywhere in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, tell them to tune in at the, uh, at the top of the hour. Back here in Columbus. Wow. Here is the headline. Columbus schools fined $11 million by the state of Ohio over transportation issues. Um, can the Columbus schools get any worse uh, well, evidently, um, evidently they can. Uh, now, it's kind of confusing 
because it's a fine. But what it is, the uh, state of Ohio doles out money to individual school districts all across the state every month, uh, dependent upon the number of students transported and the number of miles driven. Well, the uh, state of Ohio has begun investigating how school districts around the country are using that money and are they providing transportation in a way that is consistent with state standards? A few, and I emphasize a few school districts around the country have been found to be deficient. Columbus is one of them. Yeah. Uh, was not, you remember not long ago when the state was handing out the grades that Columbus scored an F, uh, a failing grade? Remember that? Well, now it is their uh, their transportation. So anyway, uh, what it is, the state has already given them this money, and the state is now saying, we want it back. Uh, you took our money, you spent it, but you didn't provide satisfactory transportation for the students in your system. And so uh, we have uh, assessed that $11 million was basically misused, wasted, and we we want it back. So it's, it's a fine, but it, they're actually asking for a return of uh, the money. According to a state official, the Ohio Department of Education, quote, is monitoring school districts in 10-day increments. If schools aren't providing adequate transportation, then the district is asked to return the money. Columbus City Schools was asked to return $11 million. In the district's complaint that they filed in court, of course, Columbus is fighting it, obviously, In the district's complaint that they filed in court, they say the Ohio Department of Education is asking for $7 million for the first semester and $4 million for the first few months of the second semester. In the complaint, the district also said that the Ohio Department of Education began withholding funding. Well, the court granted the district a temporary restraining order, which means the Ohio Department of Education is not allowed to withhold funding until the court has made a decision about the $11 million. So in other words, not only do they want $11 million back, now again, this is the state, this is the Ohio Department of Education. They want $11 million that Columbus has already spent They want that back. But in addition to that, they said, uh, we're going to withhold funds. You're not providing proper transportation uh, that meets state standards. And uh, so we're going to start withholding money. So the uh, Columbus City Schools have uh, fought back. They have appealed this decision. And uh, of course... 
the uh, the Columbus City Schools says, well, this is going to be a disaster. Well, of course it's going to be a disaster. Um, however, the important thing is, is it a self-made disaster? Is this shortfall in uh, state standards for transportation by Columbus City Schools? Is it because of mismanagement, misspending, or is it because, <laughs> pardon me, pardon me, pardon me, or is it because of things beyond their control? And that, of course, is what the uh, courts are uh, going to have to determine. Um, if it is determined by the courts that it's mismanagement, misspending, this is going to put Columbus City Schools into a terrible condition. State of Ohio is going to re- demand a return of $11 million, and then they're going to start withholding future payments to the school district. Uh, and, and guess who the losers are? The kids, the students. Uh, Will any city administrators have their pay docked? Probably not. It'll be the schools. Or the, uh, pardon me, it will be the children that suffer. So really, really serious situation in Columbus Public Schools, adding to the uh, violence in Columbus schools, failing grades, academic standards, uh, just adds to the many, many reasons why people are pulling their kids out of the public schools. Sad for the kids. Very sad for the kids. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, I find this next story really sad. Evangelical young people are turning more and more to the left. We're talking about kids who've been raised in evangelical churches. I'll uh, share that with you when we return. Live, looking at today's news through a biblical worldview. All right, let me ask you an honest question, and I want you to raise your hand. Oh, yeah, I can see you. Oh, yeah, you didn't know that, but yes, I can see you. Uh, How many of you are really, really interested in the Johnny Depp trial against his ex-wife. Anybody? Any? I don't see any hands. Why in the world would I bring that up? Well, (laughs) we have a TV monitor here in the studio. Most of you know that. And I cannot believe this. Fox News is broadcasting live testimony of Johnny Depp 
as he testifies against his ex-wife in a defamation trial. Now, I know it's really important to Johnny Depp and his ex-wife, but what in the world is Fox News doing when we have what's going on at the border? I've got a story about that in just a moment. When we know what's going on in Ukraine, millions of people displaced, the potential for nuclear war, important things going on in Congress, and Fox News is giving extensive live coverage to Johnny Depp. And by the way, I listened during that commercial break. I do I suppose if I see him, I would know, yeah, that's Johnny Depp. I know what he looks like. But that's about all I know about Johnny Depp. Uh, I think he was in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, I think. But anyway, I listened to about three minutes of his testimony, and it was absolutely, completely incoherent. It was completely Incoherent. I have no idea the point that he was trying to make. And why is this worthy of Fox News live coverage when there are so many things to talk about in the world today? Okay. And uh, because it's not worth it, I'm not going to spend any more time on it. I just looked up at the TV monitor and I thought, what what are you thinking? Uh, Talking about things that are important, I am deeply concerned about the young people coming out of our evangelical churches. All of the polls, all of the study, all of the research that I have seen for the last 10 years, at least the last 10 years— is that our young people are leaning farther and farther to the left on theological issues, questioning the authority of Scripture, questioning the events of the Bible, whether they actually happen as the Bible describes them, and then some of the major moral issues of our day, and they're going left. Here's a brand new study from Pew, the Pew Research folks, and they have found that millennials, uh, yeah, millennials, now these are not the real, real young ones, that's Z and so on, but the millennials favor same-sex marriage 45%, 45% of millennial evangelicals who claim to be born again, 45% favor same-sex marriage. In 1981, that was 23%. I think that's shocking in and of itself, that 23% of evangelical youth at that time said, yeah, same-sex marriage is fine. We... And and I realize this is this is one of my pet peeves, but I think it's so very very important. We are doing a really 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 good job 
of entertaining our young people. Um, Contemporary Christian artists pack out arenas. Multiple thousands of kids, young people show up for a concert for this group, that group, this group, that group. And they praise God and raise their hands in the air and worship God. But have no theological foundation whatsoever. They love Jesus. And praise God that they love Jesus. That's wonderful. But do they know what Jesus taught about marriage, family? Do they understand the real theology behind salvation, heaven, hell, Satan, sin? Do they possess a biblical worldview? And sadly, few do. We are encouraging an emotionally deep, theologically shallow generation of young people. And and again, the millennials are getting older now, but the younger kids as well. We are so concerned about entertaining them and giving them what they want, we're not doing a really good job of giving them what they want need. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll be joined by our friends in Washington, D.C. and U.S. Senate candidate J.D. Vance. <laughs> 